It is uh, good to be here this morning back in Hales Owen. Um, Brickhouse, just to say, Brickhouse started um, at the beginning of the year. It is going so well. Um, wanted to break like the 50 barrier. We had 50 people last week, which is just fantastic from a small church of about 18. That's incredible. We're reaching new people. Started off with four kids and now there's 14. And my wife, Dee, who's there this morning, texted me and she said, we broke the 50, but so we're past 50 now, which is just fantastic. We're connecting and reaching new people all across all of our three sites, which is good, isn't it? It's one thing to be thankful for and to praise God for. Um, so please keep praying um, for, for Brickhouse uh, as uh, we continue. And like I said, it's only seven weeks, and we're seven weeks into the new year. And I I don't know about you, but it seemed like January went on forever. I didn't think it was gonna end. But then when it comes to February, it's like I've blinked and it's nearly over and we're into the month of March. You know, has anyone here, did anyone make New Year's resolutions and have kept them so far? Seven weeks later, anyone make New Year's resolutions and are still going with them? There's a few liars in here this morning as well. You're not many uh, of you. Anyone joined a, a gym in January but hasn't made it back in February? Anyone start a Bible reading plan at the beginning of the year? How are you doing with that? Honesty this morning is good for the soul. And you know what? Now we're in Lent already. It's early. So we've got more things to feel bad about. You know, we can have lots of good intentions. There's nothing wrong with that. It's always good to review frequently um, how you're living life and how you make positive and healthy changes. But instead of doing this often, we wait, don't we? And then we wait. And then we wait uh, even longer and we put them off. We push them down. But then, all of a sudden, we decide that we're going to go all in. We're going to do a, a hundred things at once. We're going to get fitter, so we join the gym. We're going to eat healthier, so we put the biscuits, the crisps, the cake, the chocolate in the bin. And we buy a massive fruit bowl, which takes pride of place on our dining room table. Then we realize we're drinking too much caffeine, so we buy expensive water bottles. Then we raid the shelves of the grocery store for everything that is decaf. Sometimes we take it a bit further and we buy the herbal stuff that we can't even pronounce. And instead of making one change, we often make many changes. And it can be then that after a short period of time, you know, we've failed. We set ourselves up for failure. The gym bag huh, is at the back of the cupboard. The biscuits, the crisps, the cake, the chocolate bars keep creep back on their shopping list, only for a treat, of course. You then throw the mouldy fruit away in the nice big fruit bowl. And then you also go back to drinking 15 of the strongest coffees a day, just so you can survive the day. And I've just shared everything there, how I've started my new year. <laughs> You know, we do set ourselves up to fail, though, don't we? There's this quote that I found, which really has impacted me. We overestimate what we can do in the short term, and we underestimate what we can do 
in the long term. And this year, God has been speaking to me about one thing. What's the one thing I can do this year that will radically change and shape my future and help me pursue more of his presence? You see, I don't know about you, but I can do one thing. And you know, when it comes to God, he's never going to ask you to do what you can't. And he's never going to set you up to fail. And I want to pass on this morning what God has been saying to me and some teaching that has really impacted me. But before that, I want to tell you a story. This was just a a couple of weeks ago when I was here in Hale Zoeing. And I won't mention any names because of embarrassment. But at the end of the service, there's new people. I think it was a baptism and people had made decisions and it was fantastic and I was connecting with new people. I'm, I'm speaking to two ladies just in the doorway there and this little girl who's friends with Cara but a a little bit younger she comes up to me and grabs my leg gives me a massive hug and the two ladies like look down and they say is she your daughter and cheaply I had a cheap laugh there and I said no I haven't got a clue who she is don't know her at all Um, and then I say go and go and find your mom So she's hugging my leg. I'm speaking to these two new ladies. She finally lets go. Then she pats my stomach and goes, ah, baby. (laughs) Can I just say that it's twins? So the one thing I'm going to do this year is diet. One thing. One thing, how often have we heard that instruction given? You know, one at a time, please. The teacher in the classroom trying to stop all the children shouting out at once. The mad rush to get the freebie that's actually worth something, one at a time. You know, doing one thing at a time is the opposite from juggling many tasks. Having simplicity and order in life can be a great blessing. You know, one is singular, one is specific, one is separate, one on its own. It's the first primary number, and it signifies importance, prominence, and independence. One stands out on its own. And there are occasions to pause and ask ourselves about what is of most importance or prominence in our life, especially when our world asks so much of us and moves so fast. And you know, there are 16 times in Scripture where we hear the phrase, one thing. So it's important for me, I feel, that we focus in on them. And of those four, of those four stand out to me. Four stand out to me, um, providing important questions of us and an opportunity to assess the simplicity of our faith. And I want to share those this morning. And the first is this, one thing I ask. You know, we can all ask the Lord uh, many things, can't we? Uh, But in Psalm 27, verse 4, and it's David speaking, he, he says this, One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. This 
one thing that David speaks about is his one desire. You know, if you could ask God for one thing only, what would it be? David's response seems clear. He is saying, I desire God above all else. And then I love how the message puts this verse. It says this, I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing, to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty. I'll study at his feet. His one request of God is that he might know and experience the awesomeness of his presence. And he seeks this one thing with singular determination. He's putting God first in his world. And one thing that helps me put God first in my world is church. Not the building, but the people in it. You know, worshipping, growing, journeying, being in a relationship with like-minded people where there's accountability, love, grace, friendship. Seeing Jesus in you helps me keep putting God first in my life. And one thing that is a priority for me is consistency. That's showing up week in, week out, whether I feel like it or not. You know, one thing for me and my family is making the Sunday gathering a non-negotiable. That's because we need it. We're better as a result of it. You see, we need you in our lives, and I believe we all need each other. So what one thing do you desire? And could you make your one thing to be more consistent, to show up whether you feel like it or not, to make the Sunday gathering a non-negotiable? And we have lots of them here. 9.30, 10.30, 11.30, 4.30, here, Brickhouse and Hagley. We're going to keep going until we have one every hour. <laughs> Leon's had a heart attack. Just like Joshua. Please hear me on this. This is not just about getting bums on seats. Because we want something, um, we, want, we want more for you than we want from you. It's important for you and us um, to keep going, to have consistency with our relationship uh, with Jesus. And I want to say to to those that may be watching this today on YouTube via your phone, your PC, your tablet, uh, or or whatever, I want to commend you for that. We've had many people who say they watch our stuff uh, on, on YouTube, and that is fantastic. But if you're local and you're watching it, if you've stopped coming for whatever reason, you know, you may have been hurt in the past. You may have not come for such a long time that you're scared to come back. I want to encourage you to come back because we need you and you need us. And you know, we're stronger together and we will always go further together. Then for those of you that are sitting here this morning, you're not getting away with it either. My question to you is, are you sitting too comfortably? Famous quote here, uh, God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. Francis Chan. And if you're sitting here this morning 
and you're comfortable. If you're sitting here this morning and you haven't found a, a way to get involved yet in serving in this church, then I really want to encourage you to do so. You know, it may look as though we have it all sorted, but we really don't. We need you and we need your help. And we have got some getting involved cards which are in the atrium. Love you straight after the service to not be comfortable, to to get involved and to do something. You know, we want you to have ownership of the vision and the mission we have here, not just be participants of it. For some of you, a getting involved card might be too much too soon. You've just joined us. But for you, could you fill in a connection card so that we can start journeying with you, building relationship with you and helping you find your place here? I'd love you to do that in the atrium, the connection points after the service. One thing you could ask this year is how do I get more involved? How do I become an owner? Then one thing I know And one thing I do know, and I passionately believe this with all that I am, is that every person on the planet is better as a result of having a relationship with Jesus. And in the New Testament, and John's Gospel, chapter 9, we read a story of a blind man being healed. This man was born blind. It was the one thing he lived with until he met Jesus. And Jesus heals him by spitting on the ground, making mud with his saliva and then putting this mud on his eyes and then telling him to go and wash it off in a pool. Check this. The man hadn't seen Jesus as his healing took place after the mud was washed off. And this man, he's then quizzed by the Pharisees. Where is this man who healed you? And his answer was, I don't know. His parents were also quizzed by the Pharisees. How was he healed and who healed him? Their answer was also, we don't know. But then the man finally said, in John 9, verse 25, one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. You know, there's a lot in life and faith that we don't know. There is a lot that we will never know. There's going to be times in your life when you won't see Jesus in your situation. You will question and you will doubt. But there's also a truth that is so important that we do know. See, this man didn't quite understand what had happened to him. But what he did know is that he was a changed man. And again, I love how the message puts this. It says, I know one thing for sure. You may not be seeing Jesus in your situation right now. Things may be tough. They may be difficult. But I want you to know one thing. He is with you. He is for you. You have a promise that Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. And for me, this certainty and security in life comes from knowing that one thing. You know, a week last Friday... It was the anniversary, a year since my dad passed away. It's been an extremely difficult year. But one thing I do know is that God is faithful. We did many things for the first time. His 
birthday, mom and dad's anniversary, Christmas, and then last Friday, the year of his passing. You know, as well as that, you know, I've had a bad back for m- the majority uh, of that time and have, have really struggled. But again, the one thing I know is that God has been close. He is faithful. And on the year, on that Friday, um, at the anniversary, my Bible reading was this, 2 Timothy 1 verse 10. It says this, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. And then these words jumped out at me, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Jesus. The one thing I needed to hear, the one thing I know is that God is faithful. And you too can know that one thing today. Then it goes on to one thing is needed. And I love this story in Luke. You may know it well. It's the Mary and Martha story. Let's uh, have a look at it again. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, one thing. Mary has chosen chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And you may know that story well. And we're right back where I started this morning with the many things. You know, there is so much to do. We are juggling so much. And sometimes, like Martha, we can even think it's for the right reasons. And you know, we can be hard on Martha because in this story, she gets it wrong. She misses the point. But if we're honest, we can all relate more to Martha than Mary. We can set ourselves up to fail when we focus on the many things. But know this, God never sets you up to fail. He sets you up to be fearless. See, Jesus says to Martha, the many things are making you worried. Fearful, being fearless is another word for that. Martha's also upset, but Jesus says only one thing is needed. And this morning, let me give you that one thing. It's in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Again, you may know it, but listen to these words. Let them resonate with you this morning. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, this morning, you can swap your many things, all the things that are troubling you, all the things that you're having difficulty with, whether that's financial trouble, work trouble, relationship trouble, health trouble. Some of you are broken-hearted this morning. Whatever it is that may be troubling you, 
or making you, f- making you feel fearful. You can exchange it for the one thing that's needed. And you might be sitting here and thinking, you have no idea, Simon, what I'm going through. That's easy uh, for you to say. But this morning, I want to show you how it can be done. See, not long after the story we've just read, Martha, Martha gets it. And this is later when Mary and Martha's brother, again, you may know the story, uh, their brother Lazarus, he, he dies. It's in John 11. And Mary and Martha, they, they send a message to Jesus about their brother being unwell. Fortunately, Lazarus, he later dies and he's been buried for a number of days before Jesus gets to them. But on hearing that Jesus is on his way to see them, Martha, she drops everything and she runs to meet Jesus. You see, she's grasped the importance of the one thing needed. And now it's Mary who misses it. Look at this in John 11, verse 20. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. Check this. But Mary stayed at home. Martha's grasped the one thing needed. She gets it. And today, you can have a Martha moment. You can get it too. And you can have the the one thing needed. You can exchange your many things, everything that is troubling you, for the one thing needed. God's rest. See, God never sets you up to fail. He sets you up to be fearless. And the Apostle Paul, he knew this. And it's why he said, one thing I do. Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14, say this. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. One thing I do. Paul was able to demonstrate that he had one purpose in life. You know, if you could do one thing with your life, what would it be? Jesus had one thing to do, and that was to fulfill the will of God, the purpose God sent him into the world to complete. And Paul, Paul's clear about his life's purpose. There is more to do, not that I have already obtained all of this, he says. There is more than has been done. He goes on to say, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. There is one purpose for the future and I press on towards the goal. The one thing I do is to win the prize. You know, we have all said, I'm sure at one time or another, I have so much to do. And you know, in the 21st century, the the word that everyone knows is multitasking. When you can perform various operations or actions at the same time. But unfortunately, you are in danger of never doing any one of them well. Uh, 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 You're in danger of never doing any one of them as well as they could be done. You see, multitasking, it can lead 
to distraction. And guys, there is no prize for multitasking. There's a prize for the one thing. And I want to encourage you this morning to keep going for the one thing, to win the prize that will call you home. Always keep pressing on. And the one thing you can do to help you with this, and I really want to push this, is baptism. You know, baptism is such a, a significant and important moment in your life if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ. And on March the 25th, Palm Sunday, what better way to get baptized? We have a, a baptism service. And the one thing I want you to encourage you to do is be baptized. What is holding you back? This time we're going to do things different. We're not going to ask you to share your story, just simply to declare that you follow Jesus. A confession of faith, then we will baptize you. We may video some of the stories and and put them out later. But could it be that's the one thing you do, that you be baptized? And in the words of the famous prophet Nike, just do it. I want to invite the band to come up as we close. And I want to give you some things to think of. Maybe out of some of these things, you can pick one thing. So this year, as we're only seven weeks into it, what one thing, not the many things that you do, what one thing can you focus on this year? What one thing do you need to do to put God first and central in your life, to make him your one desire? What one thing can you do to to get involved and to start serving here at the church? What one thing will radically change and shape your future so that you will pursue everything that Christ has for you? What one thing do you need to do in order to win the prize? Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you that you care so passionately about us this morning, that we are the one thing on your mind that you love us unconditionally. Father, I want to thank you that you care about the macro and the micro. I thank you that the the God who is creating planets into being right now cares about the one thing that will draw us closer to him. Father, I thank you that you also care about the, the many things that are troubling us right now. The many things people are going through and have difficulties with. And it could be that in this moment, you exchange them for the one thing that is needed, for the one thing that will make it right. And Father, I do pray for those that are experiencing those many things 
where difficulty and trouble may be the one thing that they only see. Holy Spirit, would you bring comfort? Would you bring your peace? Would you bring your healing where necessary? And I pray that they would right now exchange the many things for the one thing that's needed. Father, I pray today that many would become owners of the vision and mission we have here. And that as a result, we would be stronger together so that we can impact our communities that need us. But Father, as we close, above all else, I pray that we would know beyond any doubt your one thing for each of us is that we are loved unconditionally, passionately, and eternally. And that's the one thing that will always remain. Father, I pray that you'll help us always to know and to hold on tight to this one thing. Pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.